Good morning, church. Great to see you all this morning. If you're new here this morning, I know other people have welcomed you. I just want to welcome you. I want to tell you, you, you are welcome here. It's great to see you. If it's your first time, we know what that feels like. We know how it can be a little bit awkward and you're kind of not sure how things work and what you're meant to do or not do and whatever. We don't really have rules and regulations here, but uh, we do have a special program for new people. So if you're new, uh, someone will hopefully approach you before you leave the meeting and they'll just go through a few things with you and hopefully just to make you feel relaxed and so you can get what you've came here for basically. Um, I've come to preach the message, I've come, it sounds like I've kind of, I'm a visiting speaker or something, I'm not, this is my church and it has been for the last 20 odd years. Um, I, I had a, a great message prepared I'm saying a great message, but I had a message prepared. Anyway, it was on Balaam, and I was all set to prepare that. And then about 5.30 this morning, I just, I didn't have any peace over it. And I'm going over it, and I'm like, this is, this is not right. This is not what he wants me to share. And so I was praying and searching and looking. And I've got a different message, a completely different message that I want to share with you this morning. So if it seems a little bit disjointed, if it's not quite as fluent as it would normally be, just go with me, bear with me, because I do believe this is an important message. I believe there's something that God wants to get out here this morning for some of you in this place. And it's about rest. I want to talk about rest this morning. Our family, we've been going through a, a season of figuring out rest in our family. I don't know about you, I've, I've been incredibly hard working through my life. As most of you are, we live in a country where we are hard working. A lot of other countries, they have a lot more rest than we do. They have a lot more holidays than we do. They have a lot more free time than we do. We tend to work and we can get into the habit of doing 60, 70 hours a week. And I'm seeing nodding and, and, and people recognizing, knowing what I'm on about. Paul's nodding, he works for us. <laughs> Work hard in this church. Just the 60, mate, no more than 60. Um, and I, I, I've noticed one of the things that I started to recognize, and we have uh, some other pastors that, that we are good friends with, and they speak into our lives. And one of the things they identified a while ago was that we were just working and there wasn't really any, any boundary between, between work and between rest. It was literally just work, work all week long. There was never really, it wasn't that we didn't ever rest. It wasn't that we didn't ever sit down and not do anything. It's not a pity party. I'm not kind of say, you know, we work harder than anyone else. But just as many people, we fell into the habit, if you like, fell into the trap of just, there was just kind of no boundary. We could be working. And you know when there's no boundary, right? You know when there's no boundary in your life. When you get into the marital bed with your wife and, and the laptop's out and you're working and, and, and that's when you know there's something not quite right here. This isn't, yeah, anyway, that's another story. So we kind of recognized and, but it was difficult. We were like, well, what can we do, God? How can we solve this? How can we do this right? What can we do about this? And what I really felt God say to us, and we've been doing this for quite a while now, and it's worked really well for our family, is we started to take the Sabbath off. Now, I don't know, some of you will know this if you're Christians, if you've studied the word or even, you know, got a cursory look into it. The Sabbath that the Jews uh, celebrate is a Friday night 
to Saturday night. It's sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday. A Sunday that we, if you like, celebrate in the UK is the Lord's Day. That's something that Jesus brought in when he was on the earth. So this is the Lord's Day today. It's not the Sabbath. The Sabbath is something different, but the idea is the same. It is a day of rest. It is a day when you relax and you put aside all the, all the work things that you do in your life and you leave them alone and we focus on God and we think about him and, and, and we rest from our work as well. Now, obviously, obviously on a Sunday, I set aside time for God, apart from the occasional hour and a half when I might indulge in a football game, but that's, that's kind of slightly different. I'm sure you'll all forgive me for that. But a rest is something different, isn't it? A rest, to be able to just relax and, and take some time aside of what you're doing. And the thing is, a couple of things that I've noticed through doing this. One is that you can be busy, but not productive. You can be really, really busy, but not actually doing anything of any worth. And oftentimes it can because, be because of guilt, Ever fallen into that trap where you feel like you should be working? One of the best examples I ever saw of this, which was just absolutely ridiculous. Years and years ago, I was a chartered accountant. I worked for a company called PricewaterhouseCoopers. So we used to go out, we used to visit clients, and we used to do audits on site for clients. It was a big company, the biggest chartered accountancy firm in the world. The jobs were really sought after, and it was difficult to get into. So there was pressure in the job. There was, the pressure was so great, such that you had to do some qualifying exams in the first couple of years. If you failed any of those exams, if you got anything less than, within 10% failure rate, you were allowed to one more attempt. If you failed it a second time, it was instant dismissal. If you failed an exam the first time by more than 10%, it was instant dismissal. So you can imagine how pressured this job was. They used to get 30 odd thousand people applying every year. It was top of the times, top 100 graduate employers list. So this was a real sought after job. So people that got into it wanted to impress and wanted to stay there. And what would happen is people would work and half five was the normal end of the working day, but that didn't mean a thing. Half five came and went and no one even noticed it was there. People used to work till six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven o'clock at night, even later than that. There's, there's been situations, numerous situations, particularly around year ends when the audits are pressured, when people would be ordering pizza at midnight and working till two, three in the morning. That's kind of normal in that environment, in that work. But what you used to find was you'd have a team out and you'd have the, the boss of the team would be there and all, the people might have finished their work and done everything they needed to do, but they wouldn't leave because they didn't want to look like they were leaving early. So it could be seven o'clock at night and people would be sat on their laptops just tapping buttons or playing games and literally just... just biding time until they felt like it was an appropriate time to leave, looking like they were working, doing what? Doing nothing, just feeling guilty. If anyone ever did get up at half five and go, it was frowned upon. That was wrong, that was, that was wrong to do. But how often do we fall into that trap? Not just at work, at home. How often do we get, get up and do stuff and, and work, and particularly for the kids, 
You mums, I'm sure that my wife can't be the only mum in here that, that works and works and works. And if she's not, she can feel guilty. I'm not saying she does, but she can fall into that trap of feeling guilty because the kids are there and there's demands there and there's that pressure and there's that feeling that you've got to be doing something. You've got to be busy. You've got to be looking like you're doing something. And what happens is you never, ever relax. You have some times when you're not working, but are you really relaxed in that time? Are you feeling like there's something you should be doing? Are you feeling pressured like you should be doing something else? The other thing people often fall into the trap of doing is, so they say, well, okay, some of you will say to me, well, Barry, I don't need to rest. I'm, 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 I'm fine. I'm fit. I'm healthy. I, I love to work, and I don't need to put any time aside to rest. I'm, I'm young. I'm invigorated. I'm, there's no problem with me. I just love working. You might say to me, well, I have holidays. I work for my holidays. My holidays are important, so I work really hard so we can all go on a holiday for two weeks. But is that really what God wants? Uh, one of our leaders, Tony, <laughs> this, he, he's got a, a, a friendly dispute, shall we say, with uh, our worship leader at the moment because apparently he was telling us on Thursday night or Tuesday night when we were all out for a meal that apparently Adams jumped in there first and booked the two weeks that Tony and Tony Lorraine's laughing her head off here because she knows this, that Tony and Lorraine have every single year. I think he was saying it's something like 20 years in a row they've had the same holidays. And Adams just started working at this company. Tony even got him the job. And what's Adam done? He's nipped in there and nicked Tony's holidays. And Tony's gone to the boss saying, so, so boss, I, you know, I, I need this holiday. It's the two weeks that I have every single year. Guess what the boss has said? It's August. You can't have it. So Tony's slightly disappointed. Adam's got an excuse. Apparently he's getting married or something and it's, it's his honeymoon. I mean, I, I, although, I mean, we tried to say this to Tony, but he was having none of it. He was just kind of like, he should be letting me, that's my holiday. It was pretty much the topic of conversation all night, really, wasn't it, Fat Man? We didn't really get off that very much. Some of you might say to me, well, Barry, I, I just, I can't stop. There's, I've got to work. There's stuff that's got to be done. If I don't do it, it doesn't get done. It's got to be done. There's no one else who's going to do this. I've got to look after the kids. I've got to sort the finances out. I've got to provide for the family. I've got to do all these different things. Could be pressures from work, but listen, it's my job. I've got to do it. If I don't do it, then it's, it's an issue. It's a problem. Amazing. The pressure we can feel to work Sorry, I did say I forget slightly lost on my notes. It's because it's not as slick or as prepared as it would normally be this morning. Some of you, you say, well, I go home and, and, and that's where I have my rest. But actually, home isn't really a place of rest. Because when you're there, you're working. So what you do is you, you fall into the trap of saying, I need to get away. Anyone ever done that? I need to get away from the house. I need to get away from everyone to have some rest. So what do you do? You run. You feel like you've got to get away from people and, and go and find another place where you can go and rest. But when you get there, do you find rest? When you get there, do you relax? When you get there, do you feel at peace? Or do you feel guilty? Because you feel like you should be back at home or back at work or doing whatever. You run. Some of you will say to me, well, I'm going to rest tomorrow. I'm working hard and tomorrow's the day when I'm going to rest. 
And tomorrow could be months down the line or years down the line. You might say to me, well, it's a season. It's a season that we're in in our life at the moment and there's just no escape from it. And so we've just got to work at the moment in this season. But there will come a time of rest. It's coming in the future. It's coming. It's going to happen. But you know what I've realized with doing this, this Sabbath on the Friday night to Saturday night? And we're not doing it as a religious thing. Anyone who's a, a Christian will say, well, with the Sabbath, that's done away with now. Well, yes, it is. The Sabbath is done away with now. But rest isn't. God doesn't say rest is to be done away with. And what I found is that we looked into it, actually, I researched it, and, and, and I didn't really know that much about the Sabbath, if I'm honest, and I looked into it, and I researched it, and I loved the fact that it was sunset on Friday night. It's not a set time. It's when the sun goes down. Any of you know anything about the Bible? In fact, if you read the beginning, the very first chapters of Genesis, the very first verses, have you ever noticed that God talks about evening and then morning? In Jewish culture, the, the day started in the evening. Not in the morning. The day started in the evening and it ended in the evening. And this, the Sabbath starts in the evening when the sun sets. So for us, that can be kind of four o'clock in the middle of winter, or it can be nine, ten o'clock. But it's still that 24-hour period. And what I, what I read up and what I discovered is that the Jews, when they celebrate the Sabbath, they plan for it all week long. So what they'll do is they'll make sure that if there's cooking that's got to be done, because you could say, well, how can you have a complete day of rest? There's cooking that's got to be done. But they'll do all the preparation beforehand. They'll make sure everything's done. If there's work that's got to be done, they'll make sure it's done through the week so that on that day they can relax and they can be together. And guess what else? They look forward to it. The Sabbath, Friday night, is Jews who celebrate it. They look forward to it. They, it, it. Not quite the same as they do up in Newcastle. Anyone from Newcastle? Any Geordies in the house? I'm from Liverpool. Liverpool's not that dissimilar to Newcastle. But up in Newcastle, they look forward to their Friday night, but it's for a slightly different reason. But it's the same kind of idea. They will, they will plan all week. They save up all, all week. They make sure they're not working on the Saturday so that we can, can recover from the Friday night and the antics of the Friday night. But it's not so dissimilar. But the Jews, they'll plan for it. So we started doing this. We thought, well, what we'll do is we'll take that, we'll take that time, Friday night to Saturday night. It seems to be great for us because it fits in with the family and with the kids and everything. We thought we'd just take that 24 hours and, and be there for them. And the first few weeks it was difficult, didn't quite work so well. But we kept working at it and, and so then we started preparing more and getting food in and stuff like that. But here's the major thing that I've noticed about it. It's a discipline. It's a discipline it's a discipline if you like it's a commandment that God says that we should rest that we should take our rest and what we've discovered is that it being a discipline you kind of make yourself do it and then what happens is on the Friday night on the Saturday daytime you literally don't feel guilty it's actually a proper rest it's a proper day's rest there's no guilt attached to it. There's not that feeling of I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And I know what, you, what some of you are still thinking in your mind. You're thinking, yeah, I know that's all great, but, but I've got this to do and this person relies on me and, and that relies on me and this relies on me. Let me ask you this, right? If you were to drop dead right now, what would happen to all them things that you're thinking about in your mind now that rely on you? 
What would happen? Who would sort them out? Who would arrange them? You see, it's easy, isn't it, to fall into that trap of saying, yeah, but I've got to do it. I've got to do it. If I don't do it, nobody else will. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is... Someone else wrote this and I thought, wow, this is powerful. It says, given the great gulf separating God and man in the realms of knowledge, wisdom, foresight, purity, holiness, and virtue. Let me just say that again. Given the great gulf separating God and man in the realms of knowledge, wisdom, foresight, purity, holiness, and virtue, how could a true Believer, possibly presume to overlook, adjust, alter, or ignore God's word. How? What kind of attitude, he said, is required to walk in some other way than the path that God, in his infinite wisdom, has directed and illuminated? And to back it up, this, this scripture comes to mind. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as, high, as, uh, for as the heavens sorry, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, could it be, could it be that God knows better? Could it be? Could it be that as clever as we are, as together as we've got it all, as, 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 you know, as much as we might say, but I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, could it be that God knows better? Could it be that God would say to you, what would you do? Could just imagine for a moment you would say to me, but Barry, I can't, it's impossible. If God was stood before you now, if you were stood there before him, Would you argue with him that it was impossible? Would you tell him that he's wrong? Would you say, no, God, actually, God, I can't. I can't. Would you really argue with him if he was stood there before him? Do you think he might have an answer to what you've got? Do you think he might have an answer to your proposition of why you can't do it? But do you know what's better than that? Do you think he might have a solution? Do you think he might have a solution? Do you want the things I've discovered? And, and, and I would say this actually, not discovered, discovering more and more and more and more and more. There's so many names of God. Do you know what I would say about him? He is the great, the almighty problem solver. You've got a problem, whatever that problem is, whether it's that you can't rest, whether it's that you can't, your finances don't meet, they don't match, you can't make ends meet, whether it's that you've got some illness or some sickness or you've got some issue, some reason why you can't do the thing that it seems like you need to do, I want to tell you God's got the answer. He is incredible. Just so often we don't actually actually ask him we think we've asked him we that's what happened we think we've actually asked him but if you think about it have you have you actually taken the time to actually sit down and really genuinely pray and say God do you have an answer for this situation this problem what is the solution to it have you actually asked him have you actually given him the time to respond and to answer 
The thing that the, the vision that came to you, the, the, the answer, the solution, did you actually give it time and, and put it to the test? Because God says, test me and see that, that I'm true, that I am who I say I am. Did you actually do that? The thing that I was going to preach on this morning, the, the verses actually fit in. It was from Numbers. It was about Balaam I was going to talk about. It sounded, sounded great. I thought I had a fantastic word about Balaam. And, but I, I will read this. It says, by now Balaam realized that the Lord was determined to bless Israel. So he did not resort to divination as before. Instead, he turned and looked out towards the wilderness where he saw the people of Israel camped tribe by tribe. What an awesome sight that must have been. This is a man that was the, another king was desperate to get this, this Balaam to curse Israel. Balaam was a godly man, although he, he, he wasn't perfect, far, far from it. But he, he knew and he had a respect for God and for God's word. So when this other king came and asked him to curse Israel, he sought him out because he was known as a man of God. And he sought him out to get him to curse Israel. And Balaam's reply was along the lines of, ah, I can only do what God tells me. That's all I can do. But listen to this. It says, Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and this is the message he delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Boer. I don't know how you pronounce that, but it doesn't matter. The message of the man whose eyes see clearly. The message of one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with eyes wide open. This translation puts it. This is not a sleeping vision of God. This is not waking up having had a dream in the middle of the night. This is a vision with eyes wide open. This is daydreaming. This is God speaking to you in the daytime. Speaking into your thoughts and your imaginations. Telling you things that you couldn't possibly know. Telling you solutions to your problems, answers to your situations. He's able, you know. He's well, well able to do it. But Barry, I just can't rest. There's just too much to do. Or I'll just get this done first. Once I've got this sorted out, once the kids are older, when the kids are older, then I'll be able to rest. But I would say this to you. I would say that the word says that rest is a discipline. Psalm 23 says, I make my people lie down in green pastures. I make. He says, I make. He, another thing you might say, well, I'm not tired, so I'll rest when I'm tired. But God doesn't often correlate the two. He doesn't often line up the two and say, you should only rest when you're tired and you should only work when you're full of energy. In fact, there's a lot of scriptures where God says, no, you're being lazy. It's to get up off your backside and work. And this isn't a message saying we should all sit on our backsides and do nothing. We should just relax. And No, no, six days. Six days to work. Six days to work and do the things you need to do and work hard. And, and if you're in this place and you're struggling to rest, uh, but you're not working the six days, I would say to you, that, and this is for someone this morning, that maybe you're not working when you should be. Maybe one of the reasons why you feel like you can't rest is because you're not working. Maybe you need to get up and work. And you might say again, yeah, but I can't because of this and I can't because of that and I can't because of the other. And I would say to you, go onto YouTube 
and search for the man with no arms and no legs who swims. And then come back and tell me that you can't. What a load of rubbish. I don't care what your reason or your excuse is. If a guy with no arms and no legs can, work, can swim, I mean, flipping out, whoa, whoa, we can, anyone can do anything, can't they? Let's be honest. But I don't just base it on some guy on YouTube that I've never met. I base it on the word of God that I have put into practice in my life that has told me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that God has proved to me time and time again that when there's a problem, when there's a situation I don't know the answer to, when I go to him and I present it to him and I ask him about it, he provides a solution. Always. Always. Rest is like a discipline. It's like tidying up. Do you want a clean house? Anyone not got a clean house? Is your house messy? Are the dishes everywhere? Is it untidy? Not because I know you've just moved house. <laughs> so. Maybe it's because you just need to do the dishes every day. Maybe you just need to tidy up. Maybe you just need to find a way of getting them done and, and get everything organized. Find a way. Find the time. Pray and ask God. He will tell you everything. It says, God has provided us with everything we need for life and for godliness. I, I don't care how hard your life is, how difficult it is, how much you've got on, how much stress there is and everything. Here's the thing, right? It's not me that says it. It's the Word of God. The Word of God says six days to work, one day to rest. We can do it. And this is not to condemn anyone, to make anyone feel bad. Like this is, this is, I'm being vulnerable, I'm being honest. We fell into the trap of just never really properly resting. Just working all the time. But God says we need to rest. He says it's important. He says it's a problem if we don't. Listen to this. If you've got Bibles with you, turn to Hebrews 4. This is God's promise of entering into his rest. It says that his promise of entering into his rest still stands. It still stands. Still stands. Still stands. Rest still stands. It says, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Now, I know this isn't just talking about having a day each week of rest. This you'll see in a minute, this is something else. The, the, the New Testament writer is speaking about something else, but it is still relevant. It is still relevant to a weekly rest. The two things are still relevant. He says, for this is good news that God has prepared this rest. It's been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good. Because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. And that's the thing. To say that you can't rest. To say that you can't just put that time aside. Is to lack the faith to trust God that it is possible. And there's a way of doing it. And guess what? Here's the thing, right? This could sound like a chore. It could sound like, particularly if you're in the the, 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 the 
the rush of life and you're full of adrenaline and everything's non-stop and you're invigorated by work. You don't want to put your work down. You want to keep on at it. You want to keep working and keep going. Maybe you work to avoid things. Maybe you're working to avoid going home. Maybe you're working to avoid rest. That's not the answer though. That may be the case, but to avoid rest is not the answer and it won't help you. It won't help you. But if you'll trust him, he says that his rest is refreshing. The word says it refreshes. It refreshes. It will refresh you. For only we who believe can enter his rest. And that's talking twofold. It's not just talking about rest on a Saturday or on a Sunday or whenever that is. But for both things that's been talked about here, it takes faith. It takes faith to put aside and stop and rest and take a break. It takes faith. But I want to encourage you this morning by saying that God wants you to. He wants you to rest. He wants you to take that time. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. We know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But for those who first heard this good news, failed to enter because they disobeyed God. Because they disobeyed God. Imagine, imagine for a moment, getting everything that you need to get done in six days. Getting it all done and having that day of rest. What would that be like? What would it be like just to have a day when you just rest from everything, to, to, to put that effort in through the week, to make that day that you've done everything that you need to. So it's one specific day when you just rest, when you just rest. And I know for some of you work shifts and that may be difficult and you might not get a, a day every single week that's the same when you're able to take off and, and that may be the case, but there's a way around that, isn't there? You could work towards the day that you do have off and take that time off. Are you telling me you don't get any time off work, not a single day, all week long? If you're telling me that, that there's not a single day off work, then I would say that there's a problem there and you need to sort that situation out because that's not good for your health. That's not good for your health. Non-stop working. Do you, do you know it's scientifically proven? It hardens the arteries. Did you know that? Never taking that rest. It's worse than cholesterol. 
being, having the foot to the floor 24-7, seven days a week, even if you might say, well, I have this time and a rest here, or I do this here and I do that there, not having that time, that day when you don't do anything, it actually hardens your arteries. It's worse than cholesterol. Some doctors, some PhD doctors actually believe that that is a bigger cause of heart disease than, than fat and cholesterol. What they're saying is they say that actually when you combine the two, that's where the problem comes. That actually if you live a balanced life and you take that rest and you take that time out, that actually the cholesterol isn't as damaging. Now I'm not saying we should all have high cholesterol diets. Please don't misunderstand me and I'm not a doctor, okay? So I'm not giving you medical advice here, all right? But what I am saying is that there are some, many doctors out there that believe that actually the, 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 the non-stop busyness rush of life is more damaging, more damaging than the cholesterol. Could it be? I think it could. I really think it could. But what would it be like to have that day? What would your children say to you because all the rushing around for your children's sake all the cooking and the cleaning and the tidying up and the ironing and the washing and the sorting the foods out and taking them here and taking them there and doing this for them and doing that for them working hard for them and providing for them and, and making sure that they've got nice clothes and maybe they need designer clothes maybe that's the thing in school maybe they're coming home and saying but if I don't have this coat or they, this pair of trainers then I won't fit in and you're going to work for that for them Maybe that's why you're working hard. Maybe you're doing it to, to set an example or to provide for them or to have a nice house. What would it be like to be able to do both? What would it be like to have a day when your whole family rests? When you just have a family day together and take them to the park, go for a walk, Would it be good? Adam. I want you to go away this week and I just want you to just look back over the last few weeks. Just look back over the last few weeks of your life. Last few weeks, maybe the last few months. I know Christmas throws everything out and everything changes over Christmas, but we're back into the middle of January now. We're all, most of us back at work and back into the normal swing of things. And, and what was it like before Christmas? Maybe, maybe it's a bit more relaxed now because you're still getting back into the swing of things, but what was it like before Christmas? What was it like in November? How busy was it? What was it like in October? Were you working in the evening? Were you taking work to bed with you? Were you was, there, was there a day when you didn't work? Was there a day when you literally said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing anything today. I'm just going to relax. And if so, was that a one-off or was that regular? Just go away and evaluate that. And then I, I want you just to think about what the Word says. God says it's really important. And guess what? You know what he says about the Sabbath? He says this, he says... Because here's the thing, here's where the thinking it lines up perfectly. New Testament, it says this, the Sabbath, God wasn't made, sorry, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath, Sabbath was made for man. We weren't made for rest. Rest was made for us. God, God created rest. He did it. He set the example as he always does. Six days he worked and on the seventh 
he rested. He took a break from his work. And do you know what he did? He looked back over the creation that he created and he said, it is good. It is good. So go away. Look back over, over those weeks, those normal working weeks. And ask yourself, were there any regular days of rest? Or have I fallen into the trap of just non-stop? I'm a busy, busy, busy. Is it that I can only do it? And is that really that you don't want to let go? Is that really that you're a control person and you just don't want to let go of the things that have got to be done? Is it that you think that the world will fall apart if you're not there and the kids won't survive if you're not doing everything for them? I'm so sure some of you have heard of the, the, the Christian, was it Connie Booth who had all the children? Maybe, maybe it's not. There was a Christian lady I was hearing about and she had all these children, maybe 11, 12 children back in the day before contraception, obviously. She had all these kids and <laughs> not many families with 11, 12 children nowadays, is there? And she used to, she used to put a, like a, 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 a shawl or a blanket over her head was it John Wesley's mum? Ah, yeah. We've got five kids. <laughs> for anyone who didn't hear that, she said, I need to throw something over my head. This is for you, babes. This is for you, darling. I'm preaching this message for you, love. Just throw something over your head. Just get out, find some time. When I say get away... Listen, there can be a place where you rest, where you associate rest. That can be a good thing. That's not necessarily bad. But just ask yourself this. Are you running away? Are you like, I've got to get away from the kids? If you're saying you've got to get away from the house to rest, I would argue there's maybe something not quite right there. I think you should be able to rest at home. I think you should be able to do that. Maybe you need to instill some discipline in the children. That, hey kids, it's Saturday or it's Sunday or it's this day and you, that can wait. They'll live, you know. They'll live. Because I promise you, if you were suddenly struck down ill and you were in hospital and you couldn't do it, they'd survive. They would cope. They would cope. But God forbid that happens because you've not rested. Take it away, Adam. 